Welcome to the PDP Podcast, brought to you by Professional Dairy Producers, Dairy's professional development organization. Good morning, friends. This is Tom Pivotal speaking to you. How is it that we find a voice that raises up the people who feed us each and every day, who provide the food that provides the nurturance for all of us? I am just so grateful for our farmers and our farming communities. My official title I give myself is I'm an ambassador for goodness. I've been teaching at Viterbo University for 41 years, and the area that I'm working primarily in is servant leadership. The understanding that service is love made visible. How is it that we can join together to do good work? The only thing that changes any situation is when good people get together and do good work. I'm sure you will agree with me. David Brooks in his new book, book, How to Know a Person, writes this, in this creeping age of dehumanization, I've become obsessed with social skills, how to get better at treating people with consideration, how to get better at understanding the people right around us. I've come to believe that the quality of our lives and the health of our society depends to a large degree on how well we treat each other in the minute interactions of daily life. And all these different skills rests on one foundational skill, the ability to understand what another person is going through. There's one skill that lies at the heart of any healthy person, family, school, community organization, or society, and that is the ability to see someone else deeply and make them feel seen, to accurately know another person, to let them feel valued and heard and understood. That is at the heart of being a good person, the ultimate gift that you give to yourself and to others. The ability to be seen and heard, one of the things I've been studying and quite frankly concerned about is the high levels of loneliness in our culture. We've talked about that here before. One-fifth of all Americans go to the doctor with no physical symptoms only because they are lonely. A doctor or people in the healthcare system will take the time to listen to them. We have more adults living by themselves today than ever before. Number of young adults who are not connected to family or are not married. The number of older adults who are living by themselves, their families have moved away. Or the number of people who are widows or widowers. Or the number of people who just choose to be single and live by themselves each and every day in many of our communities across the country. And then we've never been so connected or disconnected with each other at the same time. Who talks to us? Who sees us? Who listens to us? This is very important. No wonder our children are online trying to find someone just who will pay attention. In his book, Brooks also writes this. One day, about a decade ago, Nicholas Epley, commuting by train to his office at the University of Chicago. As a behavioral psychologist, he was well aware that social connection is the number one source of happiness, success, good health, and much of the sweetness of life. Human beings are social animals who love to communicate with each other. Yet on this commuter train that day, he looked around and it hit him. No one was talking to anyone. It was just headphones and screens, and he wondered, why aren't these people doing the thing that makes them happiest? 
He later conducted some experiments in which he induced people to talk with other commuters during their rides downtown. And when the ride was over and they arrived at their destination, researchers were there to ask them how much they enjoyed their trip. The comments were overwhelmingly positive. People, introverts as well as extroverts, reported that a commute spent talking with someone was much more fun than a commute spent locked onto your screen. So why don't people talk more? Epley continued his research and came up with an answer to the mystery. We don't start conversations because we're bad at predicting how much we'll enjoy them. We underestimate how much others want to talk. We underestimate how much we will learn. We underestimate how quickly other people will want to go deep and get personal. If you give people a little nudge, they will share their stories with enthusiasm. As I hope I've made clear by now, people are eager, often desperate, to be seen, heard, and understood. And yet, we've built a culture and a set of manners in which that doesn't happen. The way you fix that is simple, easy, and fun. Ask people to tell you their stories. How important it is to enter into conversation with each other, to ask people stories about their lives, trying to get to know and understand them, offering deep levels of respect. We talk about how deeply divided we are. Are we really deeply that divided, or have we just not spent a lot enough time getting to know each other? I hear oftentimes people talk about, in, in general terms, oh, the homeless or the people that are unsheltered. And then I very quietly ask them, do you know somebody who doesn't have a place to live? Have you talked with somebody who's unsheltered right at this moment, who's living on the streets? Do you know what they've gone through to bring them to this situation? And of course not. We have not taken the time to get to know people that we have defined or designed to think that we are different than they are. But we're not all that different when we get to know their stories. Two little things I'd like to share then here this morning to build on this of seeing others and being heard by others. This year at Thanksgiving, we had our whole family together. For the first time since 2019, our daughters and our grandchildren, their husbands and significant other were gathered at our home for Thanksgiving. We had a lovely dinner. Of course, you take all kinds of time and weeks, if you will, to, to prepare the house, to welcome them home. and It was a joyous celebration. Our granddaughters now are nine and six. They've learned how to read. They, too, want to be part of the conversation. And so I bought a, a little game, if you will, uh, called Tales. And in this book, this little game of tales, there's cards, which you ask people questions about their life, their early life, their middle life, their career, their later lives. And then I gave the cards to each one of the girls, nine and six, who would go to a different family member and ask a question like this. Where were you born? Were you raised in the same city that you were born in? How many people were in your family? Did you know your grandparents? What, what kind of work did your parents do? Tell us about your brothers and sisters. And what was amazing, I had a chance to listen to my new son-in-laws. I had a chance to live, listen to my daughter's boyfriend. I had a chance to listen to my daughters. Talk about 
moments of their lives that I hadn't fully heard before or really didn't understand. And one of the questions was asked to my wife, tell us about your brothers and sisters. And my wife began to tell the story of her brother, Stuart. Stuart was a year older than she is. Stuart was my age. Um, Stuart, from age 18 to age 28, had been working in his garage building a gyrocopter. He was an adventurer. He was a, a very skilled in so many different ways, and he finally gets his gyrocopter built, and then the second time up at 1,500 feet, his foot got caught in the controls, and he crashed and was killed. It was three weeks before our wedding, and my wife began to recount how she always looked up to Stuart, that he protected her. He was her big brother. She told stories about Stuart that I had never heard before. The girls, our daughters, had never known their uncle Stuart. He had died before they were born. Our granddaughters were hearing about an uncle that they will never meet, but they could recognize in the voice of their nana how important he was to all of us. In that moment, Stuart was made present. Our family now had another story to tell about someone who was not there. And then that allowed for others who in the room who had lost family members to talk about a brother, a sister, an uncle, or aunt who had gone. And we relived their story, and they once again were made present to all of us. I was working recently with a company, Work is Construction. And I read a piece from David Brooks again. His book is very well written. And he talks about he's writing one day, and he looks up, and in the doorway his wife is standing, and the sun is shining behind her. And as he looks at her, she looks luminous. She can see the sunlight coming through right behind his wife. And as he looks at his wife, he realizes that without her love and support, without her encouragement and strength, that he would not be able to do the work he does today. He would not be the person that he is today. He said, it was like I saw my wife for the first time. So I had these gentlemen working construction stand up and talk to each other and try to describe somebody that, was, that they loved someone who was beautiful in their lives. And then after a time, I asked for 30 seconds of silence. And after the 30 seconds of silence, I said, would somebody be willing to share what they discovered? And one man shyly raised his hand and began to talk about how he and his partner were talking about their wives, how important these women were in their lives, how they had raised their children and supported them and were always there for them and that their strength and their commitment made them better men. And then the gentleman said, and then we discovered we've told each other this, but we've never told our wives the same things. And everyone in the room laughed. And I just stopped the group and said, when any time someone laughs, that means someone has told them the truth. Isn't that the truth? How often do we not take the time to tell the people that we love how much we love them, how much they mean to us, 
how much our lives be different without them. And you begin to realize when you hear at the end of uh, retirement parties or funerals, oh, I wish I would have told them. I'll never see them again. Oh, I wish I would have said something. I wish I would have got to know them. What is their story? Our lives are enriched by the connections and relationships that we have. So, what I'd ask our listeners to do today, friends, put down the cell phone. Go and talk with someone. Have a cup of coffee. Sit around a fire or a kitchen table and just listen and ask others to tell you their story. Where were you born? Where were you raised? What was your grandpa like? What were your grandparents' home like? What kind of sacrifice did you realize now that they made that we have the lives that we have today? Who are the people in your community that were significant to you when you were growing up? Stories. Stories. They're so enjoyable. They get us connected. They help us to be healthy and loved. Our thanks to Tom Thibodeau for today's message. Tom, a distinguished professor of servant leadership at Viterbo University. And for archived podcasts and more on-demand programs, and for more on the professional development for today's dairy producer, head to pdpw.org. Until next time, have a safe and productive week.